So if you were with us yesterday as we started off the last week of Jesus's life, the most important week of the most important person who ever lived, you know that we started on Palm Sunday and that actual date was March the 29th, AD 33. And so today it's Monday, March 30th, AD 33. And there's no real definitive descriptive word that precedes this Monday. And so in some respects, maybe it seems like a very ordinary day, but for Jesus, it was one day closer to the cross. And what did he want to do? What was his mission for this particular day? You know, we established already that Jesus's pattern in the early days of the last week of his life, this passion week was to enter Jerusalem during the day. The sun was out, people were active and activity was taking place. And then he would retreat in the evening, possibly to the home of his friends of Mary, Martha and Lazarus in Bethany, or perhaps He went out to rest, to retreat, and to reflect on the Mount of Olives. This habit of teaching and responding during the day to what was unfolding in Jerusalem and retreating at night made for a rhythm, a very unique and intentional rhythm of activity followed by an individual processing and reflecting of what was going on. What really was the intensity of what he would do in just a few short days? No doubt by this point, Jesus found his nourishment and his strength from the moments that he spent in close, intimate connection with his heavenly father and in close community with his close friends, his followers, the disciples. This doesn't mean that he didn't consume any physical food. In fact, his first action on Monday was to curse or to rebuke a fig tree because it didn't provide nourishment in bearing fruit for him to be physically sustained. The judgment cast out by Jesus onto this tree is a symbolic reflection of judgment on Israel as a nation by God for their failure to produce fruit that is in keeping with obedience. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, Israel is compared to a fig tree. We see this over and over again in the prophets. And so Jesus, in cursing this fig tree and making it wither for not performing its intended function and bearing fruit, is saying, in a sense, to Israel, you did not carry out my Father's intention for you to be obedient, to be faithful. You know, we know the struggle Israel had to remain true and faithful. And Jesus challenges all of us to bear fruit that is in keeping with repentance and faith. In his next move, Jesus reenters the temple after a visit on the previous day. We said yesterday that he came in for sort of a tour or an inspection of what is taking place, a survey of the activity going on in the temple. This time, He enters another time into the temple to set the record straight as to what the house of God is to be used for. And that is prayer and worship. You know, as he looked around in the courtyard and in other aspects of the temple, what he saw going on was a vastly different picture than prayer and worship. He saw religious officials making it into a marketplace and they were making it into this marketplace for extortion purposes 
taking advantage through excessive fees of the actual Jewish people in order to obtain gifts for sacrifice. We know the sacrificial system was established by God to Moses, handed down to the Israelites originally in the Old Testament. But by this point in time, the religious leaders of this day had made it a business. And as Jesus looked out, no doubt he was enraged. He had a holy, righteous anger and indignation for what he saw. May we never use God's house to take advantage of others for our own benefit. Jesus comes in in this moment and he overturns this scam of a business proposition and he runs the money changers out of the temple complex in order to cleanse it directly of its evil and restore God's holiness and presence there. Let this be our heart's desire for the house of God, that it would always be to restore God's presence, to long for God's presence to be sensed and to be felt. I want to turn real quick to the book of Mark, and I want to read this encounter and this instance to you of a very short but crucial story in the second day of the last week of the life of Jesus. And it says in Mark 11 and verse 15, they came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple complex and began to throw out those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned, he overturned the money changers tables and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple complex. Then he began to teach them from the book of Isaiah. Is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to destroy him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. And whenever evening came, they would go out of the city. So this process in Jesus' life, this habit and routine in his practice of entering Jerusalem, visiting the temple, engaging in some teaching and some instructive activity, sometimes with what would be confrontational, and then leaving after that and retreating as the night began to fall and draw near back outside the city to his personal place to spend time with God and in community with his friends his disciples. Maybe that's what we need to do this Passion Week. Spend time in the evening, meditating, reflecting, worshiping God privately, and then see who we can impact each day as we go out and do our activities. I want to encourage you to consider that. Speaking the truth in love, saying a word of encouragement, praying over them, for them. Maybe even as we're on the Monday now, leading into Easter, maybe even inviting them to Easter Sunday services at Calvary Woodworth. But let's be intentional to recognize that God's house is a house of prayer. It's a place of worship, and our response is to be obedient and remain faithful.